Hello, good morning, and good evening, good day, wherever you may be tuning in from around the world. I'm your host, Kyle Ellicott, partner at Stacks Ventures. Uh, very excited for, again, today's conversation. I'm lucky enough to not only be a part of this community, but also work closely with many of the projects and their founders who are going to be speaking today uh, on not just this issue, but a number of things that they have been developing as well. So it's super exciting to have them on stage to share a little bit of what their lessons have been learned, or excuse me, the lessons they have learned uh, in building and developing around the Stacks ecosystem. This is the Crypto Internet Show. We host uh, this show every week as a part of our weekly series talking about everything around the Stacks ecosystem and the broader ecosystems as well, and also about building on Bitcoin uh, as well. So you can always tune in live every Wednesday here on Twitter. With that, let's go ahead and kick it off and talk today about how builders are bringing more liquidity into their communities and ecosystems. Liquidity is probably one of the biggest, the biggest, uh, talked about problems in every ecosystem in the entire industry of Web3, as we are still in its early infancy as an industry. Uh, and so we're going to talk a little bit about how some of the projects within Stacks have worked through that and are still working through it, lessons learned and what they've done as well. But before we get started, quick headlines. Stacks is now available on Injective Protocol with the first ever decentralized perpetual futures uh, that has been announced yesterday. So shout out to the entire community for that. Also, which pertains to today's topic, Stacks is now connected to the Orbit Bridge. Now that's currently on the Orbit Bridge testnet. If I'm correct, Lewis will correct me if I'm wrong on that. But that does open up a multi-chain universe further than some of the bridging uh, partnerships we already have going with Allbridge, Magic's Bridge, and also Stack Bridge, which we'll talk a bit uh, in a few moments. But Orbit Bridge opens up 11 networks: ETH, Ava, Celo, Clayton, Polygon, and many others as well. Um, but with that said, let's go ahead and do a quick round of introductions. Uh, Mark Megapont himself. I'm going to kick it off with you. Just a quick intro for the few that don't know you. Cool. <clears throat> Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Mark. I'm one of the founders on Megapont. Um, I predominantly take care of the engineering and product side of things there. Wonderful. Nicely timed uh, ding in the background on that as well. Uh, light bulb moments as to what we're going to be talking about today. So thank you, Mark. Uh, appreciate the sound studio in the background. Lewis, welcome. Little intro. Welcome. Hello. Hello, everybody. This is Lewis, co founder of Writer. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Uh, what is Writer? Real quick for a few people that may not know Writer at the moment. Okay, guys, I'm going to give you like a super high level 30 seconds of what Writer is. So, Writer, we're actually building the world's first social wallet. So, a bit of context. Today, we have software wallets used for logging into Web3 applications such as MetaMask, and you have a hardware wallet used for storing your network. Writer is pioneering the next generation of wallet by bringing real life interaction to crypto, and we call it social wallet. That's it. All right. That was a perfect 30-second uh, pitch for everybody. Thank you very much, Lewis. Uh, uh, for those who may not know, Ryder and Lewis and team are a part of the latest cohort at Stacks Accelerator, so we're super excited to have him. Uh, along with 
he. Uh, Mel, welcome with Thea Petra. Quick introduction for everybody. Hey, everyone. Hope you're doing well. My name is Mel. Uh, we are building, I'm, I'm from Thea Petra Labs, and we're building a project called REIT on top of the Stacks ecosystem, which will be one of the first affordable housing scaling solutions using proof of transfer. Wonderful. And last but not least, Satoshables, the one and only, kicking <laughs> it off, the original. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, my name is Brian. Uh, most of you know me as Brasta. I'm the um, founder of the Satoshables NFT project. We started on Ethereum and then we recently launched Stacksbridge to be able to bridge our NFTs from Ethereum over to Stacks. And we couldn't be more excited about the future of Stacks. So enjoying the, looking forward to the conversation. Wonderful. I think we're all on that same page. We're all excited about the future of Stacks, building on Bitcoin and where everything is going from here. And the four of you and your respected ecosystems have really pushed things forward. But again, liquidity is a common topic. We've all spoken about individually, collectively. We've all wished there was more. But each of you have done something in your respected ecosystems to help expand that uh, in Stacks and for your communities. Um Brian, I actually want to start with you. I, when it comes to Satoshiable, you went from ETH and brought into Stacks. You also created a bridge to help make that happen. What prompted uh, you to, to make that bridge over and also add some additional liquidity to your project? Yeah, well, I think that the thing is, so we had multiple options, you know, when we, I kind of knew I wanted to have a presence on Stacks, like, since the since the early days, like you know, being a Bitcoin themed NFT, and then people like Trevor reaching out and introducing us to Stacks, like you know, it's backed with Bitcoin, and I thought, okay, this is really really cool, and I can see the the kind of potential of it. So I want to get a presence there, and I kind of like, well, how do I do that? Like we could obviously mint a new collection there, and we could like go all in and just like burn the burn the NFTs on Ethereum and then mint them again on Stacks. But you know, I kind of wanted to just leave it up to the community in a sense and and give them as much as much flexibility as possible and that's where we landed on on the bridge um and then it was like um talking to different community members in stacks like we, we had a chat with marvin and some really other other people in stacks and like how do you do this and well you know there's a decentralized way of doing it which is like super difficult and it takes like a ton of uh, r d and um more interoperability between the chains and you know uh, with things like the orbital bridge coming now and all these kind of progressions that we're having so so far is, is great for the fungible tokens but not so much in a minute for the nft side of things um so we're kind of a little bit away off in terms of having a decentralized bridge so we, we decided to try and just get a, a thing off the ground where we can like kind of have a trusted service where we can lock up uh, nfts on one side and unlock them on the other side and, and give the hold of the flexibility to bridge back and forth that way um, and it's kind of worked so worked well so far you know we've got 10 percent of our nfts already bridged over to stacks um my community is kind of a well in depth in stacks now you know they're buying all sorts of things which is great i've also bought like everything um i've not bought a mega point yet they're a bit out of my price range unfortunately <laughs> but hopefully soon um and yeah it's, um, I'm just super excited to kind of make that connection and it's, it's kind of proved the concept that you can bring a community from one blockchain to another. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds. Agreed. And Mark, I, I want to come to you on a, a similar question, but maybe from the reverse is, if I'm, I'm correct, uh, Megapont's, you know, had a, an initial start in following on stacks and then has recently kind of bridged out to the uh, Ethereum 
uh, ecosystem mm -hmm. as well with some of the latest projects. What prompted that reversal expansion? Um, I, I guess access to liquidity, which is the, the topic um, of this discussion. So, you, you know, in, NFTs are quite a liquid in, um, investment. So if you want to position them as investments, and I think part of the problem is that they are positioned as investments when they probably shouldn't be. Um, and, it, you know, all of us on, on, on this space right now are aware that most of the liquidity in the NFT industry lies on, on Ethereum. Um, it's by far the largest uh, liquidity pool for, for NFT assets. And we wanted to have a collection uh, over there because I think like um, Satoshables, uh, you know, we've, we've talked many times on this, uh, we see a, a sort of a chain agnostic future um, whereby chains probably have some, some specialization and assets move between them for, for a number of reasons, whatever they may be. Um, and we really want to be in a position whereby you know, um, our, our community has access to the best parts of, of all of these blockchains. Um, and it's also a defense mechanism as well, right? You know, um, Luna vanished in the space of a week. Um, but I think if, if more projects had the, the idea of bridging across to different networks and ensuring that they're not putting all their eggs in, in one basket and they're really figuring out the, the best place for their home, um, I think the, the NFT space would be in a better position. So for us, it was primarily diversification of the, the tokens into multiple blockchains. And, you know, we see a chain agnostic future as well. And we wanted to to share um, the Ethereum ecosystem with the Stacks community because it was quite new to them as well. So it was really cool to see the, the opposite thing happen where people had no idea how Metamask worked or how Ethereum worked or OpenSea. Um, Whereas we initially, when we joined Stacks, thought it would be the other way around, right? People were like, how does Hero work? And what are these marketplaces? So it was really cool. Well, and, and that, that being said, I have a question for all of you. And, and Mark, I'll let you kick this one off. Is As both you and Brian mentioned, you know, it now is a, a multi-chain world, right? Bridging is, is more important than ever for your ecosystems. But also, how has this impacted... Um, maybe positively and or some of the trade-offs for your ecosystems in either direction. And Mark, and then Brian, and then Mel and Luis, I want to get both of your opinions as your projects are in uh, a slightly different stage at the moment. But Mark, what has been uh, the impact uh, and the trade-offs that you've had to go through now being in a multi-chain world? Yeah, I think I'm saying, you know, Megapod is a community-led project. Um, and <clears throat> the communities on each of these chains are very, very, very different. And um, we we were very very careful um, to not market the the, the Ethereum um, NFT drop in, in a way that would bring in um, a, a mass of different communities from the Ethereum ecosystem. And this was a calculated decision on the team's part, just because we fundamentally, you know, we're part of those communities, felt that they were too different to uh, our community. And I think in, in many cases, projects just need to be careful what they wish for. Um, you might get access to some some quick liquidity um, it, within the, the assets in your collections, but um, you know, be careful what you wish for because all of a sudden you might destroy your community for the sake of some short-term games to, to the asset price, um, which is far more harmful to the project long-term than almost anything else you can do, right? 
um, destroying your community by essentially, I, I remember watching a, a little documentary, um, wasting some time late one evening about, it was um, two ant colonies that had lived side by side for, for almost 15 years, but they'd never really cross-pollinated with each other. And one day they just kind of bumped into each other and one colony invaded the other one and they ripped the queen apart and they just decimated the colony. And I felt it was very apt to compare blockchains like this, whereby we all exist in this world and we all know each other kind of exists, but we don't cross paths all that often. Um, and communities and NFTs are the same. And there's a tendency for when we do cross paths for something to go catastrophically wrong. Um, so we were very careful in, in making sure that we didn't mix the communities too much. Um, we introduced some new members and educated them to stacks. Um, but we, we didn't go sort of gong ho and we're like, hey, let's just double the size of our community with a whole bunch of new people. Uh, that's, a, that's a great point. And Brian, did, did you experience the same with Satoshables? I mean, what were some of the trade-offs that you noticed going multi-chain coming from ETH to Stacks and maybe others as well? And I know you have a big upgrade coming or, or just had as well. Um, so what were some of the trade-offs that you guys experienced? Yeah, I mean, Ethereum is like dog-eat-dog. <laughs> like it's, it's a, you know, with a project my size, it's kind of like we're very much a small fish in a massive open sea, excuse the pun. Um, and coming to Stacks, it was a kind of a like a like a breath of fresh air to be honest, because it, the community is so tight knit. Um, all projects are like pulling each other up, and 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 it's really really kind of refreshing to see. And um, my community, I've heard feedback from my community, it's like they also felt that as well. Um, just between like joining other projects on Stacks Discord and stuff, they also got it. So my transition from Ethereum to Stacks was actually a positive one. Um, the only downside I would say is like. Kind of a just little technical things like now I need to do like you need to do wallet verification on both chains. I've suddenly doubled my work by being on both chains, right? Because now it's like wallet verification doesn't work anymore. Um, all these kind of things. I've, I've got two floor prices, and and you know, but these are just like small things. But um, generally, it's a super cool transition coming from Ethereum to Stacks because um, not only is it, is it a super cool community, but like were ridiculously early on stacks as well and and um I, I wanted to get there as soon as possible and try and like make an impact and and try and get involved with the community because it's like where are we going to be in five years do you know what i mean like compared to where we are now so um, that's why i wanted to get in there early and um we're all in it together five years my friend the way this industry moves where are we going to be in three months uh you know Five years could be uh, put down into three months. How fast things go! So, uh, all jokes aside, I think you're 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 on point. And Louis and uh, Louis and Mel, I want to come to you next. And, and Louis, on, on Brian's last point, he talks about you know dual wallet verification and dual floor prices. You with Rider, you know, being a social wallet focused on authentication and having an NFT. Uh, component to this. Uh, is this something that you're concerned about? Is this something that you and your team are, are looking at ways to solve, uh, again, as we head into this multi-chain additional liquidity world? Yeah, I, I would love to build up from what Mark said, because Mark specifically, because I think he had a good point, because for us, because at Rider, we're trying to raise at least 1.5 M on the NFT pre-sale. And for us, in order to have the kind of amount, we need to tap into other ecosystems such as Ethereum, because the biggest NFT project on Stacks, if I'm right, is Megapond. And Megapond probably... Mark, did you know how much 
were you able to raise again in Megapond? Uh, 125,000 stacks. So right now that's what, $60,000. Yeah, but at the peak, it's like 250K, right? So I think 250K and we're racing. Yeah, at, it was about 220K, yeah. 220K. Yeah, so that's at least, I think, six times more. So for us at Rider, okay, we need to tap into other liquidity. So how do we actually do it? And then of course, shout out to Freezer and Marvin, our brilliant wizard. They came up with a concept of cross-chain mint NFT. So it's the first time that we can actually, the first time for a Stacks NFT to be able to mint at the same time with, between two chains, Stacks and Ethereum. And then we can act, we can maximize capital efficiency in this bear market. I wish we had a shocked emoji uh, because that is a that's a wow you know OMG moment. Uh, can you go a little deeper on that? I mean, this is a this is a big announcement as we're talking about liquidity and, and how to bring more liquidity not just into stacks but into any ecosystem. So the fact that you can you guys have worked out something around cross chain NFT mints. Go a little deeper. Yeah. Tell us a little more. Yeah, so uh, I don't want to steal the thunder, so I'm going to explain it high level because that's what Fridger and Marvin um, explained to me. So in a nutshell, an NFT with its unique ID must only exist once, right? So that's the problem that we're trying to solve with crushing NFT. And users must be sure that they hold the NFT with the unique ID after minting, whether it's on Stacks or Ethereum. So for the concept that they arrived with is the easiest way for a multi-chain mint at the moment is to have two separate NFT contracts with various token ID allocations. Mark and Brian can actually talk about this because then you, you, have, you initially have an idea on how much whitelist are you going to give on Ethereum and Stacks based from the whitelist activation campaigns that you're going to do be your, before your payment, right? So maybe in Rider, we're going to do, okay, 60% on Stacks and then 40% on Ethereum. And for that, you can have like an admin function um, at the back end and you can lower, for example, if you see that the the NFTs on Stacks are not minting that much and then you can actually lower the allocation on Stacks and then increase the allocation in Ethereum instead. And then in that way, you're able to maximize the whole NFT pool. Wow. So you're almost doing real-time control of <laughs> liquidity and, and minting. Mark, uh, Brian, anything to add on to this? This sounds like this could be it. Mel, don't worry. I'm, I'm coming to you next. Don't, I have, haven't forgotten about you yet. But Brian, Mark, anything to add on to this pretty exciting innovation uh, from the writer team? Yeah. Yeah, things like this that drive me wild. It's really, really cool. I love, I love stuff like this. I mean, we we didn't we didn't mint obviously uh, cross chain minting, but like it's the same concept with Stacks Bridge, where uh, one one NFT ID can only exist on one chain at a time. So I'm totally down for that because I'm like I'm in love with my Satoshiable number twenty seven, and if I have to mint Satoshiable one million four hundred fifty six on Stacks, that would annoy me. Like just because like I'm a purist and I want to have my number twenty seven on Stacks, I want to have my number twenty seven on Ethereum. So I'm totally down for that and. And um, being able to like open this up to then a mint a mint phase as well, I think it's really really cool. Um, we did we did something similar also with built with NFT project, which I, we launched in in partnership with the built with Bitcoin Foundation, where we started minting that on Ethereum, and then we actually like closed the mint. Uh, on, oh no, it didn't close the mint. Sorry, but we um, 
we opened up the mint starting from ID 3000 on Stacks. So it's also a cross-chain, but it's not doing this thing where it's like um, the same ID on both, but it's still kind of like, if you go to the bitwithnft.org website, you'll be able to mint right now with Ethereum, Stacks, and even uh, Bitcoin via LN Swap. So shout out to Sudozak for that. So it is a cross-chain mint, but it's not the, what, what Lewis is describing in terms of like being able to have the same idea across both. But still, all of this stuff is just super cool. Like, let's, let's do everything. <laughs> it's awesome. I'd just like to jump in and say I'm not shocked that that team over at Ryder has been able to think about this. Um, for those who don't know, you know, Frieger and Marvin are are absolutely incredible technical minds in the Stacks ecosystem. So if anyone needs reason to be bullish on Ryder, it's just look at the, the team, really. So just a little shout out to Ryder there. Thank you, mate. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Guys, Priestel is coming. Plugging it in. <laughs> um, uh, if, uh, if he's... Um, Frieger, I see you in the audience. If you want to jump up on stage, this request will bring you up uh, as well to share a little bit more. But I uh, couldn't agree more, Mark and Brian as well. This is incredibly exciting as uh, Lewis and team Mike drops us right here in the middle of the conversation. Mel, I'm, I'm throwing it over to you. You got to follow all that up. Talk to <laughs> about some of the plans for you to move into a multi-chain world and maybe what some of the potential trade-offs are around read protocol and even Thea Petra as if I'm correct you are doing a little bit of minting or excuse me uh, you're doing a little bit of minting on ETH and then uh, some mining on stacks but correct me if I got that backwards yeah, that, that's actually completely correct. So, um, yeah, that, that's actually completely correct. So, you know, unlike the other projects where, where they're more NFT based, ours will be a little bit, uh, you know, it'll be completely token based. So it's a little bit of a different um, kind of process, at least on our end. But uh, yeah, so so REIT itself, the protocol will be launched um, as, a, as a fair launched asset. And we definitely had a capital kind of decision we had to make because we wanted to put real estate on chain and we, we figured that Proof of transfer is probably one of the best solutions to do so. So we definitely wanted to be on stacks. We also knew that we needed the liquidity and and really, really deep liquidity uh, to tackle real estate in any, any meaningful way. So that was kind of like the core decision behind also placing a project on top of Ethereum. And right now, the way we're going to be transferring capital um, until a bridge is fully kind of built out is through a trusted third-party institutional partner. Um, and, and essentially what they'll do is they'll, you know, as people mint tokens on the Ethereum chain, that capital gets transferred over and it starts initiating a uh, proof of transfer process. And we're able to give the Ethereum users an Ethereum yield um, because of the proof of transfer mechanism on, on Stacks. So as of right now, the way we're going to, we, we plan on actually facilitating it is, is through a third party kind of like trusted larger ecosystem player um, in, in the form of an institution to kind of transfer capital back and forth until a bridge is fully built out. What would it take for that full bridge? What would you need? What is something maybe that's lacking in, in some of the bridge opportunities that already exist? Again, we, we have partnerships out there in the community with Allbridge, Magic Bridge, Stacks Bridge. Um, Brian did also mention LN Swap. We've got some other uh, swapping protocols. We have Orbit Bridge. What's missing? Uh, what's needed that uh, you can maybe inspire the audience to start building as we're all little heads down in build mode right now? 
Yeah, so we, we haven't seen one that, that was um, really, really kind of tried and true. Because I, I know sometimes with Bridges, it's, you know, a, as a founder, you kind of look at and you hear all these news about what kind of goes on with Bridges, um, kind of going back and forth with, with hacks and things like that as well. So um, we, we haven't seen one that we were like, okay, th- this one has been really kind of, you know, trialed and tested that we feel like, hey, let's let's double down on this and actually utilize this one. Um, and we definitely wanted to be a first mover and just kind of jump into it right away. So, so that was the reason of, hey, let's just build. And then as a bridge kind of pops up that's been, you know, trialed and, tra- trial and tested for a while, then we'll kind of implement that and kind of facilitate that. Um, for From what I've seen, we haven't seen too much implementation from Ethereum to Stacks from a token perspective, or at least like a like a decently high volume. So I think that's one thing that we're definitely waiting on. I think will be actually a huge opportunity for for builders. Actually, want to want to push each of you on on a question here. We've we've talked obviously about stacks. Um, we're all part of the stacks community. We're all building on stacks, et cetera. But the most common bridge has been Ethereum. However, there's many networks out there. I mean, again, we talked about Orbit Bridge bringing access to 10 additional networks outside of Ethereum. Uh, any reason why you guys have maybe not bridged yet to some of those additional ecosystems are some of those in the works or do you see maybe advantages to just doing two now and waiting to see how more the infrastructure improves before expanding out? And I ask because each of you are in very exciting categories that have ecosystems and communities and other respected networks, but curious if we can go beyond ETH and and kind of what you see out there in the rest of the multi-chain universe, the MCU, if you will. Mark, let's start with you. Oh, Brian, go for it. I was just going to say I'm a massive fan of the MCU in general, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's just put that out there because I'm a huge geek. Um, <laughs> but in terms of other chains, like the, the one that comes off the top of my head, and I'm coming from obviously the NFT side of things, which, you know, um, there's a lot of things happening on Stacks with DeFi in terms of Alex and all those uh, all the bridges that are happening in there with the tokens and stuff. But from an NFT point of view, the clear kind of a next next one I want to, I would like to bring to Stacks would be Solana. Um, I think they're, they're killing it with their NFT side of things, and obviously they're benefiting from their network speeds and stuff like that. Um, so a Solana to Stacks bridge would be super interesting to bring uh, some liquidity over. Um, and then there's another uh, thing called Wax. Wax is also doing some really cool stuff with gaming NFTs. Um, but I think from in my opinion, like in this early stage, like all roads should kind of lead to stacks at the minute and try and build that, uh, build the network up, and then get more eyes on stacks in the meantime, and then eventually things will level out and, and uh, like Mark said, like um, all chains will have its own kind of purpose and we'll live in a multi-chain world. But like right now, I think uh, this building phase, we need to get as many eyes on stacks as possible. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. I, I, I think it's, you know, let's plug our favorite chain to the, to the largest chain and uh, kind of grow that for now. And as, you know, everything else kind of develops, then, of course, you know, Solana and, and the others can kind of, uh, you know, plug in as well. But it's, it's just more so just kind of focused on just for the sake of simplicity, just kind of choosing the largest and, and just moving fast, I, I think was our main reason on that end. Mark, Lewis, anything to add on that? 
Yeah, I can add something. I'm going to approach it from like the growth side of things. So for us at Rider, we try, we chose it because of the inside connections that you can in- instantly do. Because if you're going to do a pre-sale mint, you would want to partner with communities instantly. And if we go to other projects, it takes time, right? So for us, that's why we chose it at the moment. But then for example, with Orbit, I'm going to get another example for DeFi. For example, I'm going to throw in Philip because then Philip, if you look at Orbit and then the other 11 blockchains that Stacks will connect to, the most used blockchain from that integration is Clatling and Polygon. So for Philip and Arcadeco, there's a good use case that they can actually bring USDA to ecosystems such as Clatling, you know, and then they can bridge USDA to that while keeping the Stacks exposure on chain. And in that sense, you can bring more liquidity into Stacks as well. I think it's just like, depends on like which use cases, you know, because for Philip, it doesn't make sense to bridge USDA to Ethereum because there's already a lot of stable coins. But then for uprising L1s, such as Clatling, it makes sense to bridge USDA there. I, I think from from the Megapond perspective, we have a different view. It's like we want access to the ETH liquidity and... We certainly view ETH as almost like the Premier League of NFTs in particular right now. And um, we want to be a part of that group, right? We want to be playing around there. I think Solana, we, you know, I'm not going to sit around footing a chain, but we have our our concerns with various chains. Solana is a good one because everyone said, hey, why didn't you launch in Solana? And I think, you know, just like low-key, the, the validator requirements are just so high that it's just going to inevitably end up becoming some sort of centralized chain. Um, and we kind of looked at that and didn't really vibe with that. And we still particularly don't as a project. I mean, there's a whole bunch of other chains, but we don't see any need to really have access to anything other than Ethereum and Stacks right now. Um, it just makes no sense. Nothing is screaming to me that, Hey, you should be here. Maybe if we were going down the gaming route, we'd look to some of sort of these like, um, L2 chains with, with rollups or something. Um, so it's cheaper, a bit more environmentally friendly, um, and a bit faster. Um, but you know, we're not a gaming project, so we have no need for that. You know, that's why I think Moonray going over to Ethereum and they'll probably end up on Polygon makes, makes some sense or maybe Immutable X. Um, but for us, Stacks and Ethereum is, is the only two chains that are currently on our radar for the long term. You, you brought up a, a good point there, Mark, in terms of, and, and Lewis as well, around some of the other chains. And, you know, if you're in gaming, for instance, or, or other areas, because as I look at each of your roadmaps and where you're all going, by the way, this is all public, everybody. You can check out each of our, our speakers today, their projects, the roadmaps, their blogs, what they're all doing. So I uh, just want to put that out there. But you know, some of you are not just building NFTs, but you're also building uh, a device. In one case, you're also expanding into DAOs uh, and maybe expanding into games as well. Do you see this potential world or future very near again on on, uh, the roadmaps that you have all in front of you where you may use a different network or blockchain for different pieces of the ecosystem so for your dao for instance you know maybe you use stacks or maybe for your game you do use polygon as an example mark to to the comment you had made um but maybe not and and just kind of curious and this is all leading up to again we're we're all builders here and, and everyone's in build mode at the moment so mark I think one thing we are deeply looking at is DAO. I think bridges are coming to a point where moving fungible tokens around um, is becoming quite, I don't want to say easy, but it's a lot simpler than moving non-fungible tokens around. 
Um, and most DAOs have a governance token that is really a, a fungible token. So I think cross-chain DAOs will certainly start appearing. Um, uh, there's probably some that exist right now, so I apologize if I can't reference any off the top of my mind. Um, but yeah, cross-chain DAOs will will be a thing, I think, long before these sort of seamless cross-chain NFT bridge projects exist. Um, so yeah, um, I guess there'll, there'll probably be a few from the, the Stacks ecosystem at some point this year, I would imagine. I forgot to say there is there is no question doubt I've looked. <laughs> I need one, uh, and there's not doesn't exist. Well, uh, there we are. There's a you know maybe console or or, or stacker might might solve that problem for someone. Who knows? A little bit of free alpha for those looking to start building right now. I. Mel, Lewis, anything to add on to that as you're starting to build out your projects? I mean, Mel, you're in the real estate business. Uh, you know, while uh, you're also expanding into many other areas, is this something where you would consider multi multi chains or for different parts of the ecosystem, or does all rows lead back straight to to stacks into Bitcoin and, and nothing else, which is okay too? Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, I would definitely say we're, in the, we're of the camp that all roads will keep leading back to the to the stacks and, and Bitcoin camp. I, I think in the future, it'll be primarily users will just kind of look at products and they'll just say, I like this product. And they probably won't even know too much about like where this product is from. I think right now there's a lot of um, multi-chain kind of talk. And I, I think later on, it'll just kind of end up just being a blended mesh of, of everything and they'll people just kind of pick projects and products that they kind of like um you know and especially with us ideally uh the, the users in the real world won't really know that you know what chain we're actually working on that is kind of like the long-term um kind of goal for us but uh yeah i mean for for us i, I I'm, we're definitely of the camp that all roads keep leading back to um stacks and and bitcoin just from the sake of longevity um you know as far as like from proof of stake and, and proof of transfer kind of debates um but yeah i i we're definitely on the camp as well of, you know, it's probably going to just end up being um, a product debate at the end of the day. And people just kind of end up choosing a product versus the chain that is kind of uh, sitting on, you know, on, on that end as well. Yeah, I would love to build up from what Mel said, because for us as well, it was like the same kind of our dark star at Twitter is simple, right? So we aim to bring crypto to the next 100 million user and in order to achieve that North Star, that means we go multi-chain, right? So you can expect Ryder to be on Solana, Ryder to be on Ethereum. And in that sense, going back to what Mel said, you won't even know that, okay, it's like a Ryder. It's like an Ethereum NFT that's on Ryder that you actually use to enter a space. So yeah, definitely multi-chain at play since the beginning of time. If you're following me, you know, I'm a big advocate of it. That is that is true. So I, I've got one one more big, big question for all four of you. Now that you've gone through phase one or phase two or multi-phases in your projects and have learned some, some tough lessons along the way, and um, we've got, again, a lot of people in the audience that are building or uh, looking to build their first project around the Stacks ecosystem. Um, but before I ask this question real quick to the community and to the audience, I am going to open the floor to questions here in just a moment. So do, if you have a question, hit the request button. Uh, hold on, we'll bring you up on stage after this question, but do go ahead and get your questions ready. Um, but with that, how or what, what advice would you have for those kicking off their communities, kicking off their projects, and looking to increase 
liquidity. Uh, and maybe based on the lessons each of you have learned along the way or are continuing to learn. Mel, let's start with you on this one. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we've done quite a bit of due diligence as we're kind of debating on what kind of decisions to make. And um, I, you know, learning from other people's mistakes, I think, is the best best way to do it. And, um, you know, look, looking at just other projects that I think maybe just rushed in too soon and they just kind of picked a bridge just for the sake of moving fast and and then ended up kind of, you know, um, hurting their protocol, you know, a little bit as well. So I, I would say that, you know, at least the way we're taking it is let's just prioritize and make sure we're here in five or 10 years and, and wait till a bridge is very well proven out. And, um, you know, let's prioritize that first before just moving quick and for the sake of deploying next quarter, you know, on that end. So that, that was, the, that was kind of the one key takeaway that we've kind of found on our end. Lewis. Yeah, no, I would love to build up on what Mel said again, because I think in crypto it's easy to get caught up in the moment, right? Because everything gets shipped so fast. One thing that I would give advice to builders building is don't build on quicksand. So for us at Rider, we take time. We started the ideation in 2020, you know, did a lot of R&D for it. And now we're ready because we felt like now is the right time. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what I would say to people. And collaborate, 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 collaborate. There's some amazing builders in the space. Shout out to Mark McKenzie, um, Brian, and Mel. Just DM them on Discord. They're going to answer if you have any questions about it. And all the cords are open source. Feature is there. He knows. Uh, Mark. Mark, anything to add? Sorry, my headphones kind of rugged me. No, I don't have anything to add to that. I think they pretty much, everyone covered pretty much every base. Um, you know, the, the the builders in the space, that one thing I will quickly push out here is just, you know, when we first decided to come over to Stacks, um, we had some issues around just getting to grips with Clarity and some of the, the uh, like Web3 tooling. And we just reached out to people in the ecosystem um, and I, I will say it was a far more receptive ecosystem for, for getting advice. And it's not just, you know, Frigo, Marvin, myself and, uh, and, and uh, Brian, you know, reach out to any of the, the builders in the ecosystem. They're happy to help, you know, Jamil over at, um, at Gamma, uh, Pluto Subsidian over at Buys. Um, these are also individuals that will be happy to help you out with, you know, any clarity questions or any of the sort of NFT questions listing on marketplaces. Um, Feel free to, to reach out to anyone in the ecosystem. Um, everyone is far more welcoming than you, you might think. Um, I will caveat that with um, people are busy and um, I'm terrible at getting back to people. So please don't be offended if I don't get back to you. Uh, nothing personal. I'm just absolutely awful at replying to people. No, no stress. I... We all have those days, uh, some more than others, myself included as well. Uh, Brian, anything to add uh, in your lessons learned? Yeah, I think uh, the guys really touched on uh, some really good points there. Um, I can just kind of whip up there. It's like, if you're thinking about planning a project around, like, don't rush. Um, don't rush into it and don't don't feel like you have to like get the thing going as soon as possible. Um, who knows when we'll be heading a bear market, like who knows what's happening, but like take the time and, and try and build your community, um, try and make some collaborations, meet some people in the ecosystem. Everyone's willing to help. 
but yeah, um, build a community. Don't rush into anything too too hastily, and um, like build it for for your own reasons rather than like oh I need to get the market as soon as possible and I'm, I'm going to lose out if I don't launch tomorrow. Um, yeah, take your time, build something special. I'm going to add on to that real quick, uh, Sam, before you jump in with your question. Uh, to to all of that point, specifically your last point there, Ryan. The the markets are the markets. Uh, if you're building something, stay heads down. Build your product. Uh, build your community has has been commented around the the stage today of speakers. Find that product market fit and, and build something that people want, that people want to use, that there's a uh, user base out there for it. Uh, don't pay so much attention to the markets. They go up and down every day, every minute, every second. It will drive you insane. Instead, keep heads down and, and building uh, as well. But uh, with that, Sam, question. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me come up here. Um, I am Mel Farah on Discord. I believe I spoke to uh, Louis earlier. Um, I, I run my own metaverse startup. It's called Holyverse. Um, the community has been super inviting. Um, I, I love the the office hours. They've been extremely exciting too. Um, I recently applied for a partnership grant to build on Stacks. Um, and I'll get to my question. I just want everybody to kind of be aware of um, what kind of I've been building and whatnot and trying to utilize a cross chain between Ethereum and Stacks. Um, but my question would be, um, how is Stacks really utilizing its current ecosystem to build, let's say, play to earn video games on the Stacks ecosystem? Um you know, you're seeing a lot of people starting to buy more into NFTs that have proper utility. And I'm curious to see how Stacks really differentiates itself from that um, and how it can, you know, I guess, expand from that. Great question. Uh, who wants to jump in, Mark? Yeah, I don't want to pick this up. I think if I was building a play to earn game or right now in the NFT space, I'd think very carefully around what kind of game I'm building. Um, and you know, the, the hard truth is some chains just won't be suitable. Right. So, you know, um, or at least won't be suitable yet. That's a good way to put it. You know, hype chains, um, with, with stacks are coming that will give you the throughput and the speed that you probably need in some game where you get some more instantaneous feedback. Um, maybe some of the other chains, Immutable X, uh, Polygon, they're pretty much used for most games on, on blockchain, but you know, you also think about what exactly are you putting on the blockchain, right? Um, what kind of data do you want to store there? Storing data on Ethereum is really expensive. It's a lot cheaper on Stacks. So, you know, if you're just using it as almost like a decentralized database, um, then Stacks is probably a good a good place for that. Um, so I, I think about how the game is structured, um, what kind of mechanics are involved, um, what P2E sort of tokenomics structure, all that sort of stuff, and then figure out the best place for you. Um, and it probably comes down to like your storage and your access patterns of, of data really more than anything else. You know, essentially all these games are for the most part, is just a decentralized database with a UX layer on top. So hope that helps you out. Mel, did you have something to add there? Yeah, I was going to just say, you know, of course we're not in the PDA space, but I will say that Stacks has one of the deepest communities that I've, I've personally ever really seen just as far as just flat out engagement, like just people willing to help. And I think regardless of what you're building, um, this ecosystem is hungry and willing and, and people are just super warm and welcoming. So, um, you know, I, I definitely do encourage if you are going to come over to definitely do that. 
Yeah, and I'll just add as well, Sam, uh, on the venture side, we do have some very exciting uh play to earn, move to earn, and true GameFi uh, based companies that are launching or have launched uh, and soon will be coming to public light on the Stacks ecosystem as well. So we'll make sure you get a chance to, to say hi to those because there is some exciting stuff. And GameFi is one of the new areas of categories or industry uh, that is starting to come uh, and rise on the uh, Stacks uh, network as well. All right, next up, uh, CM pgfb.btc it's just fun to read twitter handles so what's up buddy hey hey how's it going just wanted to uh, say thank you all so much for having this um lewis and i have spoken about a multi-chain world um offline many times and i'm just curious as it relates to not only liquidity but also protection of ecosystems and communities what are your thoughts regarding protection especially as we look past the the thing that happened with terra and all of those builders and and whatnot that you know they've been building and building and it's almost like everything that they built was on sand. So how can we as a community be more forthcoming and open to people, um, but also as we build out products and communities, protect our community as we bridge to other chains? Great question. Who wants to jump in? Brian, Mark, Lewis? I can jump in very quick. I'm going to answer it from a community perspective because I've built communities ever since I joined Stacks. I think in order to deflect those kind of problems, the best way is just education, right? A moment somebody enter our community, you gotta help them with the best of our ability. Uh, just educate them, point them in the right direction. And then that speculator can actually turn to a lifelong community member. And if you're a lifelong community member, that means, you know, even if stacks hits a roadblock, you're still going to be there and keep on building. And I think we see it now. You see a lot of Stacks community members, even though the price is, you know, we can all be honest here, the price is not the best, but everybody, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. And everybody just keep on building because they know they're in it for the long run. Brian, anything to add? Yeah, just wanted to jump in and say, um, basically, like we have a great opportunity here to learn from from the mistakes that have been made on other chains as well, and you just need to look at like the the GitHub repositories and stuff to see that like the the, the, the people who are working on the Stacks ecosystem are honestly some of the most um, like smartest people I've seen in the space at the minute. So, like they're they're learning from what's happened on other chains from a security perspective, from like a scalability perspective, like how you know, and and that's a great, really really cool opportunity to bring. So, just wanted to bring that out there as well. Like we're still early to stacks and we're still building the ecosystem out there, but the cool thing is that we can learn from other people's mistakes and and try and make it as secure as possible. Uh, one little thing I'll, I'll add on to that is, you know, everyone fumbles around the quote and crypto, the Warren Buffett thing, that diversification is required when people don't know what they're doing, to sort of paraphrase it. But everyone always misses off the beginning part, which is why diversification. So crypto, the crypto space as a whole is very volatile. Um, there's a whole lot of uh, exciting protocols and projects out there in the NFT and DeFi and across blockchains. A little diversification is probably your best form of protection against something going to absolute zero, like a Luna. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket um, unless you know you, you're fully aware that if it goes to zero, like hey, you know the connections and the, the friend game that I made along the way makes it worth every every penny. So that'd be my input. 
great point. Uh, all right, uh, potentially one more, maybe time for one additional question after this. The Monte Crypto. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. What's your question? I don't have a question. I'm just looking forward to my ride or watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Good, good. Okay, all right. Uh, we can we can give you some some love around the table for that. Uh, Lewis, you got some fans in the crowd today. Oh, thank what you, he guys. Said, he should have said when watch. That's what he should have said. When watch. That's his question, Lewis. I'll ask yeah. it for him. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna release something soon. <laughs> soon, coming soon. <laughs> All right, guys, love it. This has been an awesome panel. I want to give each of you a moment to shout out. Uh, your projects. I and mean, we've talked a lot about liquidity, what you each have done uh, as ecosystems, as builders, some advice that you have for those that are out there and some of the new tools or infrastructure that you've brought into the ecosystem to help uh, expand for the next wave that's uh, building right now. So as we come to close, each of you, a quick 30-second shout-out on your project, where you can be found, uh, and I'll close this out. Mel, let's start with you. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, you can you can find our project at Theopetra Labs. Uh, we're launching REIT on top of Stacks on July 4th. And uh, we're going to start the whitelist for Theopetra Labs here pretty soon as well. So uh, looking forward to everything. And uh, thank you guys for, for joining. Awesome. Thank you. Mr. Satoshable. Mr. Satoshable. I like that name. That's a cool name. Um, yeah, please join the Discord, get involved with the community. Um, we're a kind of a mature, smart bunch of people in the Discord, so join there. Um, look out for the update to Stacks coming soon, where we're going to try and onboard more projects, get more eyes on um, on Stacks. And uh, the monsters are coming over the bridge soon as well, so Monsters and Doshables coming to Stacks soon. So stay tuned. All right. Mark. Yeah, uh, megapont.com uh, or megapont NFT on, on, on Twitter. Um, and I guess I'm super excited to see many of you folks in New York next month. Um, it's going to be a crazy week for NFT NYC. Um, so please, you know, if if you are um, around, reach out to us. Uh, make sure you can come to some of the stack events and meet the community um, because it's going to be pretty special. Mark, are you hinting at a party, a, a potential megapont party? I, I am, yeah. I've, there might even be two. So uh, the, 20, the 20th and the 21st um, next month in, in New York. So keep that free, folks. Listen to that alpha, Shannon. That's huge. Uh, we've got Web 3 week, June 1st through the 3rd. We've got Consensus the week after. We've got Stacks Ventures Demo Day the week after that. And then NFT NYC with the Mega Pont Mega Party. Uh, as well, and much more from the Stacks community. But last but not least, Lewis Ryder, you've got a lot hey, of love. We're let you close it out. <laughs> hey guys, you can follow us at Ryder.id. We just opened the whitelist, but join the Discord, get involved, contribute. Let's go. <laughs> also, let's plug in. There's NFT event worldwide um, called NFT Worldwide in Amsterdam this May 27. If you want to pass, just DM me. I'll send you a promo code. We have great panels from brands such as Tesla all the way to top influencers to bring Bitcoin NFTs to the mainstream. That's awesome. All right, everybody. Community, you've got five weeks of nonstop events and opportunities to connect with everyone on this panel and everyone within this community. Definitely take advantage of it. Mark, 
Lewis, Mel, Brian, thank you very much uh, to the community. Thank you as well uh, for tuning into this week's Crypto Internet Show. If you would like to tune in live, ask questions, or join the conversation, be sure to follow Stacks on Twitter and tune in every week at 5 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. Until next time, everyone have a great day, great week. Take care, and we'll see you soon at one of those events in the next five weeks. Take care.